2: Right now, get up to 30% off at bluenile.com, bluenile.com.
0: These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Shot on Score North and scorenorth.com.
1: Time for Talkin' Twins, which means Zolgad, Jake DePew, as always, executive producer, Declan Goff. And Jake, let's jump right into it. The Major League Baseball trade deadline, 3 o'clock Central on Friday. Twins already made a trade last week, Nelson Cruz to the Rays. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, But there is um, activity on Twitter, not surprisingly, today. John Paul Morosi, as we record this on Monday... Tweeting out that it looks like the Dodgers, who do need pitching depth now. The Dodgers and Padres, along with the Mets, are the teams, or at least three of the teams in on Jose Barrios. Um, if you combine that report with what happened uh on Sunday when the Athletic broke the story, since confirmed by more people, that Byron Buxton has turned down the twins' multi year offer, which sounds like it started at seven years, seventy million, and the twins got up to eighty, and they still said no. Um, I don't think it's a stretch to say it really looks like there's a good chance Barrios gets traded by Friday. Buxton, I don't think gets traded by Friday. I think he very well might get moved during the winter. Uh, But let's start with Barrios. I was skeptical. I think I told you a couple weeks ago if the Twins would actually have the intestinal fortitude to pull the trigger on a Barrios trade. But if you have the Dodgers involved now, the Padres involved, the Mets involved, and a guy who you know almost certainly after 2022 is not going to sign back with you. I guess I've come to the, to the side of there is a very good chance by 3.01 p.m. Central on Friday, Jose Barrios is not a twin any longer.
0: Yeah, I'd be very surprised at this point uh, if he is a twin on July 31st. I mean, I've been saying for a while I think they're going to trade him um, and, and I, you know, all of the stuff that's coming out with, like you said, Morosi and others tweeting about all this interest. I, I think the twins are looking at this and saying, uh, he's going to be gone. He has no interest in signing an extension. He's going to be gone in 2022. Uh, his value will never be higher. There may not be a season in 2022. And I think all of those variables combined with the fact that the White Sox have completely overtaken them in the division and they, uh, you know, are basically a dumpster fire this year. Uh, I, I think they're gonna, they're gonna move him. Um and I don't think that will be it. I think they're gonna move Taylor Rogers. I think Buxton, who we'll talk a lot more about, will be gone either by the end of the week or before opening day two thousand twenty two. Uh but as far as Barrios, yeah, I mean I, I think um I, I guess I understand where they're coming from, but you know, if they trade Barrios, let's let's call it what it is, right? It it then becomes a rebuild in my view. It's not a retool anymore if they trade Barrios. You don't trade your best starting pitcher on a team that is starved for starting pitching uh, and expect to be better, you know, going into the next season. So I think that would be an admission that, you know, this, these five years, this whole window that they've been talking about, uh, they're basically going to close it if they trade Jose Barrios. And I think they will.
1: Here's my question. And we we talked about this extensively today on Mackie and Judd as well, but I'd like to get your thoughts. How do you not, let's just pick out a year, three years ago, How do you not say Barrios and Buxton are going to be expensive, like no matter how much Buxton gets hurt and he does, he is going to command a huge contract. Barrios, same thing, but it's the opposite there where he is actually reliable. He's not always great, but he's going to command a huge contract. How do you not get to the point where you say, okay, we might not be able to keep both realistically, but we have to keep one? Like, we can't end up trading both. And then the guy that you do sign to a team-friendly contract before 2020 is Sano, who was part of the trio of these guys are going to be the future of this franchise. They're supposed to be the faces of this franchise as it really contends and is a World Series threat, at least. And you're going to end up now with Sano's a bust. And because you never picked Brios or Buxton – and lowballed them both probably, they're both going to depart. To me, this is as big a disaster as you can possibly get. If you lost Barrios or Buxton, I would say that's too bad, but at least you kept one of them. But if you're going to have to dump Sunil, which I think you are because he's hopeless, if you are going to have to trade Barrios by Friday, and let's just say Buxton in the winter, how do you not end up at a place of absolutely ripping this franchise apart? for having no plan for what we're going, what was supposed to be your three core guys and two of whom still ended up being pretty damn good. Even if Buxton has hurt a lot.
0: I mean, I think it's a complete failure for this front office and they haven't failed at everything. Certainly they've done some things well, but what we're, I think about to witness and I could be wrong, but what I think we're about to witness over the next week is a failure. It's, it's a, it's going to be an acknowledgement from them that they've had five years now They've produced zero playoff wins they've had mostly free agent busts other than Nelson Cruz. you know if you go back to two thousand and eighteen, Lance Lynn and Addison Reed you know didn't perform well. Lynn is now performing well uh, and then obviously this year with Hap and Colomay and all of those guys, they've developed zero starting pitching i mean literally. None really uh, that's made it to the major league level. They've misevaluated a number of their own players like Akil Badu and Lamont Wade and Nick Anderson, the list goes on and on. Uh, and so I think when you look at it in its totality, you, you, you say this has been five years uh, that really hasn't produced anything. They had one really good team in 2019 and they failed to get the one asset that that team needed to win a World Series, which was a starting pitcher. And they ended up having to start Randy Dodnik in game two at Yankee Stadium. So I look at uh, what I think is going to transpire over the next week as uh, mostly a failure. Again, they produce some nice teams, but zero playoff wins and the number of busts in free agency and the trade deadline and then letting Barrios uh, and Buxton get away when those are two – well, Buxton's a dynamic player and Barrios is a very, very good player. Uh, To have to trade those guys away, I just – I don't understand – really the argument for uh this being a good tenure at this point and i you know that's a very different tune than what i was singing you know a couple of years ago and even last year but this has been such a disaster this season and they've missed on so much and they've misevaluated so many players uh that they're they're going to be forced to start over um and it's just it's not a good look but unfortunately uh because it seems like they have total power uh in the organization based on what Jim Polad said couple of weeks ago in the radio interview where he said he doesn't have anybody evaluating them. uh, So they basically have the power to more or less do what they want. I mean, I'm sure Polad weighs in on payroll issues and things like that, but uh, you know, it's just, they can start this rebuild with no real pressure of, of losing their jobs. It seems like. So um, I think this, I think twins fans should be rightfully upset. And I think they deserve to be criticized because they haven't really followed through on what we thought they were going to do coming into uh, their tenure in 2017.
1: And how much should we trust them too? Because so I, I feel like for the first few years and certainly the back-to-back uh, division titles help a lot, but I feel like we gave them passes on things because, well, they still did this well, but I go back now in the totality of moves that have not worked. And yes, you're you're right in going through the absolute litany of moves that haven't worked this year, but you know what now? When the Sam Dyson debacle happened, right? I think we're all like, well, that's bad luck. But I mean, you took on a guy who was injured and you didn't know it and you didn't get any compensation back. And at the time I was like, okay, that doesn't look good, but you've still done a lot of good things, right? Um, but now but now you're going to, you're right, you know, Lomo, you signed him, complete bust. Lance Lynn. So and and let's just say, you know. That was a late spring training for those guys. So you try to give them, a, or I think we did flat out give them a bit of a pass there. But then you look at the rest of the guys on that team and how how bad the clubhouse was. And at the time, we're like, okay, it just didn't work out. I, and, I mean, I'm I'm guilty of it, too. Just It was just a full pass. But now I go to last year, and I go to Homer Bailey who was a complete flop. And that sort of started the the whole thing of, well, now we're going to try uh, Shoemaker and we're going to try J-Hap. And I guess when I go to the totality now, Jake, of all of the things that didn't work, and these guys are sitting on a potential powder keg of big moves in this next week, and I come away with a very good question. Why do I trust them? And my answer is, at this point, I really don't. Um, I think I was the parent who put blinders on and like, oh, but the kids are still really cute, and the kids have grown up, and it ain't pretty. It just ain't pretty, and I, I don't know how to. I, I'm guilty, so I am fully implicating myself. I was not first guessing these things, but when I now sort of put the whole stew together, I'm disappointed in myself for buying into what were probably a lot of red flags that, for various reasons, I ignored.
0: Yeah. And I'm guilty of that too, without question. Uh, These are not all first guesses. I praised a lot of the moves that I'm ripping now. Um, And I think part of that, I think part of all of us doing that to a certain extent is that the bar was set so low in my opinion, when they came in, I mean, let's be honest, they were coming off 103 loss season as great as Terry Ryan was in his first tenure. And he was great. Uh, His second tenure in my view was a total disaster. And So the bar was very, very low, right? Analytics wasn't even really a part of the conversation during the Terry Ryan years. Uh, And so we were ready to just welcome these guys with open arms. uh, And we were so excited to get new school analytics, you know, savvy guys who understood millennials and all of that, that I think we did kind of overlook some of those mistakes. Um, And you're right now when you look at it in its totality after five years and this thing I think is about to blow up, uh, we, we shouldn't have given them a pass on those things. And I, I, I think we did have rose colored glasses on to a certain extent and, and, you know, they like to use the phrase evidence-based decision-making. We're going to make decisions based on the evidence. Well, if you look at the evidence, as I just laid out with the zero playoff wins and all these free agent busts and not getting guys at the trade deadline, it doesn't look great. It really doesn't. Um, they Um Again, they had one really great team in 2019, but they didn't do what it took to, to get that team over the top. And they mismanaged the playoff games that year and in 2020. So I just, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know that my opinion has ever dropped more in one calendar year on like a front office than it has with these guys. But um, it it really I I just the fact that they're going to have to do this, that they're probably going to have to blow this whole thing up and start over after five years. It's a total failure. And I think the lack of starting pitching development is probably number one on the list for me. Like how how do we not have anybody in the rotation? We as Twins fans, you know, how, how is there not? anyone in that rotation that they've developed. I know Bailey Ober. Okay, Bailey Ober, and he's struggled a little bit. Uh, but, like, there are no top prospects that are there yet, you know. Um, so that's just a huge failure given how Felvey branded himself. Um, and so now we're going to go through, I think, a rebuild. And, unfortunately, that gives them a lot of job security because if Polad trusts them fully the way he has said that he does, then he'll have no problem getting on – on board with a rebuild, especially if it, you know, means slashing payroll. Uh, Every owner likes that, you know? Uh, And so that gives them, uh, you know, another three to five years of job security while they slowly build this thing back up. I hope that's not the case. I hope it is still a retool as they've been saying, Uh, but I'm starting to really question that narrative because I I really do think Burrios and Buxton will be gone and Taylor Rogers before opening day next year.
1: Why do you not give Buxton a legit offer to and I know, I know there's frustration here. I know he's hurt. I know, but if you're going to call him in one last time and sit him down, right? Mm-hmm. Here's a seven year contract and you started 70 million. And then you think it's like, okay, we'll give in. Here's 80. Like those are, I, I told uh, Dex and Phil this. Those offers are only present to say you made them. Like you are ne- you're never going to get him at that rate. Ever. Yeah. you you might as well tell him we're trading you um, it's insulting and we can talk all we want about how much he doesn't play and that's not wrong to talk about it but when he does play someone's going to pay him for that and someone's going to pay him a lot more than 70 million over by the way seven years when, when we have talked realistically that the contract if they really want to get done might be more like 100 million over five years
0: Right. That's what that's what's excellent. Yeah, it's what we've all been saying. Five for 100. I agree. I thought it was an insulting offer. Uh, I thought it was embarrassing. And it's an offer they know he's going to reject. Mm -hmm. Right. And I know they went up to 80 million. They know he's going to reject that. So that tells me that for whatever reason, they they don't want him, that that they would rather trade him and get prospects back. Uh, And I get it. He's probably the hardest player to evaluate maybe at baseball history in, in modern free agent history, in terms of what you should offer a guy who's this good and this injured, it's tough, but I don't think seven years, 70 million, and then going up to 80, I, that's not a legitimate offer to me at all. There's no chance he's accepting that because he's going to get to free agency and some team is going to give him, I think five for a hundred, uh, if not more. So I, I don't understand that. I don't understand why even make the offer. You know, if you're I think to say that. that you made an offer. I think that's why. But doesn't that just piss fans off even more? Probably. If you if you put it out there that you're lowballing him, and it's it certainly pisses the player off. Like I, you know, and as I said last week or a couple of weeks ago, like there were incentives included on the in this deal, and I don't know that the athletic got into the specifics of exactly what the incentives were, but I'm guessing it was games played. Sure. But if you're Buxton, why would you trust the Twins to to execute that fairly, right, in in, in good faith when they've manipulated your service time? Uh, when they haven't brought you back, when you've said you're ready, like they did in Seattle earlier this year, like you could very easily see a scenario where if he's getting a million dollar bonus, you know, for a certain number of games played and they're out of the race, that they IL him at the end of the season, you know, so he doesn't get that bonus. Like, why would Buxton think, think that they wouldn't do something like that when they've already done it to him in the past? And by the way, they manipulated his service time, not when he was still in AAA, you know, before he had made his debut. This was coming off a platinum glove season where he was top 20 in the MVP. You know, that's a very different way to manipulate service time than waiting to call up, say, Chris Bryant, you know, until a couple weeks into his rookie year. That's bad, too. But what they did to him is worse because he's an he was an established player at that point. Uh, so it's just am I being too harsh? What, you, oh, I don't know, guys, no. uh, what do you Oh Hell no. I don't think so at all.
2: No, I don't think so. I mean, here's what I kind of equate Falvey and Levine, to. So let's say. Um, you were a company who just was stuck in 2004 Microsoft Windows in 2016. You are not adapting to the new culture. You are not adapting to the new technology, so you install, and you bring in these nice, young, up-and-coming executives who have the exact experience that you're looking for and the exact type of culture shift that you want. And for the first few years, it looks promising, and it's great, and, oh, we're, we're building something that could maybe even last forever down the road here. Well, then you hit adversity, and this happens in, by the way, every company imaginable. I've worked for places where then I have been let go with the same situation, where eventually that cool luster and that new thing that, that was supposed to be the new thing to help take over this company, well, either the dollars don't, are starting to add up a little bit, so you're in the red, someone's going to have to pay the piper for it, and now that shiny new lure of who you are is worn off. So I don't like Falvey and Levine aren't getting fired this year. They're not getting fired this year. They're not getting fired this winter. Nor is Rocco. But going into next season, the like, it's a warm seat on everyone's table. The manager, the, the Falvey, Levine, all of them. And unless you can adapt and that, and that happens all the time where, you can have this new great idea, but then how do you keep it going? How do you change it and then also morph it for the better? Because that's their dilemma they're going to have to face, because they're going to have to figure that out.
1: It concerns me mightily that they apparently have seem to have alienated Buxton and Burials. Uh that you've given them no incentive to stay here, that you didn't go to them a long time ago and say, we are going to eat up arbitration years into, let's say, the first two years of free agency, but we're going to do it at a price that you want to play for. Um, again, I get picking one of them. What I don't get is both are going to be gone. I mean, this is a – if anything, Jake DePew, I don't think you're being strong enough because, to quote the great Stephen A. Smith, this is an unmitigated disaster. If Barrios is traded, Buxton is traded, and Sano is a, is a flame out, which he is. This isn't a problem. This is the faces of your franchise. Like if you, if, if in 2017 you had done um, a Zolgad bobblehead promotion because I love my bobbleheads, and you had said let's do a promotion that's got the three faces of the Twins for the future. The bobbleheads would have been Burios, Buxton, Sano, and they're all going to be gone now. When they're when you're supposed to be entering your you know prime as a franchise. So so let's say let's say the cavalry arrives, Jake, in two thousand twenty two. Let's say we play ball, there's no work stoppage, and pitching starts to ascend. You know what? They've developed pitching. Balazovic starts to come up, Winder, Winder, uh, those guys all start to show up. And you know what? They're okay. Well, if you had Barrios and Buxton, it'd look pretty bright, wouldn't it? You'd be like, okay, now it's clicking. But to what you're saying, in my opinion, about a rebuild, it's absolutely true if they're not here. So I I don't think you can hammer this franchise enough if this unfolds like it seems it's going to. Uh, I think everybody, including the poll ads, are on the table to absolu- absolutely get hammered by us, by the fan base. If Barrios is a Dodger, Buxton is a Brave, and a- as I told Phil and Dex, Sano is a Mexico City Red, which he might be. He can't play. So they deserve anything they're going to get if this unfolds like it looks like it's going to.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're about to trade away potentially. And if this doesn't happen, I'll take it back. But potentially they're about to trade away their best starting pitcher, their best reliever, and their best position player, all of whom are under control for next season. And they're doing it because they've dug such a big hole and the White Sox are so far ahead of them that they feel like they have no choice. You know, I mean, they—they're. I think they look at the White Sox and say, there's no chance we can catch them in 2022. And so we're going to be playing for a wildcard spot, even if there's expanded playoffs. Um, you know, that's still probably going to be like a one game scenario. And so they're basically saying we messed this up so much that we have to trade away all of these control. Our three best controllable players, essentially. Uh, and totally start over and meanwhile we owe Miguel Sano what 10 million for for next year Yep. um, when you could have very easily gone year to year in arbitration with him Uh, I I just I don't know what to point to anymore in terms of successes other than signing Nelson Cruz and re-signing him those were great signings and the trade they made with Cruz I thought was a really good one Um, but like Overall, I mean, th- th- this is a terrible look. This is year five when the window was supposed to be wide open, yeah. wide open. Yeah. And they're in last place. They're in last place, Disaster. and they're about to trade away all their best players. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. So Cruz gets traded to the Rays last week. The The Twins actually get back. A, it's a pretty good package back. They get uh, two pitchers who are essentially ascending to almost being prepared to pitch in the big leagues uh, they are in the top 20. Both of them raise prospects. Your thoughts on that trade and also Cruz uh, clearly as he went out the door, left the door open. He turns 42 next July 1st just to uh, set the scene that he would be willing possibly to resign with the twins.
0: So I did think it was a very good trade for the twins. I mean, I do have to give them credit. Um, it's it's, you know, their own fault. They're in this situation. But in terms of just looking at the trade. Yeah, I mean, they got back two legitimate starting pitching prospects who are in the high minors. I mean, both Joe Ryan and Drew Strotman are at at AAA and pitching well. I think Ryan in particular uh, is a legitimate mid-rotation guy. I mean, he's pitching in the Olympics right now. You know, the fact that he made that squad, I think, uh, says something about him, and he's put up great numbers. Uh, uh, Strotman is a little bit more, you know, he had Tommy John, and uh, he has control issues, a little bit more of a lottery ticket, but clearly still uh, someone who has succeeded at you know at the highest level of the minors so i think both of those guys will probably be in minnesota uh, by the end of the year for sure by the start of 2022 uh, and the fact that the rays developed them does give me confidence <laughs> this is such <laughs> an
1: indictment
0: that, this is such
1: an indictment when i see that
0: but it, but it I, I know it is i know it is but it, but that's how i feel the rays developed these guys and that does give me some confidence now i also will say trading with the, the rays Anytime is the very dicey proposition because they seemingly win every trade they make or just about, but mm-hmm. uh, these are the types of prospects that the twins were looking to get back. And now the question becomes with Ryan and Strotman, just as the question, you know, be- it becomes with Balazovic and Duran and all these guys, can they make that leap from AAA to the big leagues? Cause that's where all of their, starting pitching prospects have basically flamed out going back to Fernando Romero and, and Steven Gonzalez, So I do like that trade. They also got, they, they got rid of 5 million. Um, I think the race took on all of Cruz's contract. So it was a good trade and clearly the, the, the race really coveted Cruz. I mean, there's no question because they gave up a lot uh, as far as Cruz coming back. I mean, that would be great. He was a great twin. Uh, great for the clubhouse produced on the field, but, that's going to depend on probably whether they keep Rios and Bucks. I mean, he, he's chasing rings right now. He's right. not going to want to sign if they trade those guys away. So I don't know if that's necessarily in the cards, although I, of course I would love to see him back with the Twins.
2: Oh my gosh, who lives in that cabin? What's wrong with their lakeshore? Look at all those weeds. Ugh, that is the worst cabin on the lake.
1: Don't be such a busybody. Excuse me? They must not know about Aquaside. Is that what we use? Yep, just one application of Aquaside each spring keeps our lakeshore weed-free. Don't be that cabin this summer on your lake, eliminate lake weeds this summer with Aquaside Pellets. I should tell them about Aquaside.
2: Oh, now who's the busybody?
1: Call one 800 328 9350 or go to aquaside.com. If this is the start of what they can at least do to get uh, potential lottery tickets to use your term, then I think it's fine. And and, you know, I'm hoping they can trade, and it won't be for this much, but you're hoping that they can also move Simmons. Uh, that they can move, I don't know, Rollblaze, right, that they can move Pineda. Pineda. It, it, so, it sounds like there are a bunch of teams that are interested, I'm sure at a low price, in Pineda. Uh, if you can get a bag of balls for Colome, I would take that. Um, I believe it was also on Monday morning, Jake, Morosi brought up that the Yankees and Twins have talked about Max Kepler. The Yankees are in desperate need of offense. Uh, they are also in desperate need of left-handed bats, especially in a stadium where a Max Kepler pop fly in Yankee Stadium could go out. If they trade Max Kepler and they get back, let's say, I don't know, the Yankees' sixth or seventh best prospect, is that enough for you to trade him? Because you are going to have a glut of corner guys here at some point who probably need to play before Max Kepler plays.
0: Well, first of all, let's credit Dex because he was he brought Kepler to my attention. I hadn't really thought of him as a, a legit trade target until a few weeks ago when Dex mentioned it on the podcast, uh, and it does make a ton all of about sense. That.
1: Nice work, Dex. Thank you, appreciate it. <laughs> uh,
0: it does make my a ton bad. of sense because of because of Larnick and Kirilov uh, are already there now. What would they need in return for Max Kepler? Yeah, we'll I don't their sixth or seventh best prospect that's not enough for me because kepler is on a very team friendly deal through i believe 2024 uh he, he's making what 5 or 6 million a year or something like that so i'm going to need more from the yankees and their sixth or seventh best prospect I, I think to for max kepler and all those years of control i i think a borderline top 100 prospect and then another um lower level arm uh would be what i would want for max kepler because he he uh you know his numbers are a little bit it's strange when you look at his numbers because his batting average is so low, but he does hit for power. Yeah. He had the one great year in 2019. He can play center field. I don't think he's a good defensive center fielder, but he can play there. Uh, so I think I would need, again, given how many years of control he has a top 100 prospect and another throw in for Kepler. But I do think he has a very good chance of, of being moved because of Kierloth, Larnick, Rooker, uh, and eventually Royce Lewis who could play center field.
1: So g- give me right now who you expect to be moved by Friday.
0: Yeah, so I expect Taylor Rogers to be moved. I expect Barrios to be moved. I still wouldn't be shocked if Buxton moved. Uh, I, I guess I think it's less than 50-50 that he's moved by yeah, Friday. I just don't but think I, you I,
1: get I, enough for an injured guy who yeah. you should probably look to break the bank for in the winter.
0: But it's an injury where teams know the timeline for his return. Yeah, that's true. Right? It's not like a concussion where it's, where it's up in the air. You know that you're going to get him back in probably mid to late August, and, he, and he'd be available for – for for you for two playoff runs, so it wouldn't totally shock me, but um, but yeah, Barrios and Rogers, uh, Pineda, you know, Colome, Hap, all those guys, if they can get anything for them, Simmons. I mean, Simmons' OPS is under six hundred. I know he's a great fielder, but I don't think they're going to get much for him. And I think Kepler will be will be moved. I really do. Um, I don't think Donaldson will be moved unless he was an add-on, you know, uh, in maybe like a Barrios steal where they wanted to just get rid of his contract. I'd love to see his uh,
1: contract out the out the door. I really would with Josh.
0: Well, and I also think with Donaldson, he wants to win. I mean, he's chasing yeah. rings too, and he's been on playoff teams his whole career. And he's still he still can be good?
1: productive. Like, he's not yeah, a bad I mean, player. He,
0: no, he's a good player. I just want to he's move the contract. Player. Right. No, he's a good player. I mean, the injuries are a concern, but he's produced. Um do you want Josh Donaldson around for a three-year rebuild if that's in the plan? No, no, thank you. No, thank you. No. And I don't think he wants to be around for that, you know? So, so I I guess it it wouldn't shock me, but it would be an add on. Uh, It would be kind of a salary dump. Yes. And and you're you're giving up on a good player, but Jose Miranda uh, makes that situation more plausible because Jose Miranda is having an unbelievable year. In triple A, mm-hmm. and the glove has always been legit, so he could step right in at third. Um, so yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me. I'm trying to think if I'm missing leaving anybody out. Um, I guess Kenta Maeda. I, I mean, it's like almost everybody, there's there's, <laughs> like, there's hardly anybody on the active roster that I think uh, has zero chance of being traded. I don't know. What, what do you guys think? Give, give, give me like your five names, five names each that you guys think will definitely be moved or likely be moved by Friday.
2: Dex, go ahead. Uh, Robles think he has moved that's just in that bag of peanuts i don't you know maybe a hot dog too i agree with that um second is i I do think brios is getting traded i i really think so i think the asking price is more like it it, now it it, it seems more like it teams are calling calling for him um i think brios is definitely moved kepler i think is more of a winter guy um i i could see it happening if someone wants to bite i'm with jake i'm not selling low on him like i i would i would need a like a fifth best organizational prospect or yeah that fringe top 100 as like the centerpiece that's coming back there and then Taylor Rogers as well. I think those are the ones that are most likely a given to be to be moved.
1: What does Taylor Rogers Jake get you back? Cuz that's got to be a significant return. That's a that's that's an underrated big trade if you trade him.
0: Yeah, I think definitely a top 100 arm, top 100 global arm, uh and then at least one more pitcher, probably two more pitchers or two more uh mid-level prospects but but for sure a top 100 arm for taylor rogers because there are going to be so many teams it is a seller's market and that's good for the twins yep there are going to be so many teams who want taylor rogers i feel like some team like the padres or the dodgers that is you know a huge payroll and prospects to give up uh will overpay for him and he is a very good reliever but i think they'll get overwhelmed so i think a top, i think yeah what i just said
1: yeah rios I think now gets traded because of what you just said. So before the mm. Dodgers got involved I, and it was just like, oh, the Mets and Blue Jays. I was like, I don't know that the twins, cause they're going to ask for the world and they should. I don't know that the twins were going to get back from two competitors from different leagues, what they wanted. But now if we're legitimately, you guys talking about the Blue Jays being involved, still the Mets are involved for sure. It sounds like, and the Padres and Dodgers who, who are going to duke it out for along with San Francisco superiority in the national league West. Now I think you're probably going to get an offer back. You can't turn down. Like I think they're going to get what they want now, which I was skeptical of at first. So that's why I've sort of changed my tune from saying, I don't think they trade Burrios because they simply won't have the guts to now. I think they're going to get back such a potentially lucrative return that the timing is absolutely perfect, but I'm still not going to allow them off the hook for the fact that by the time that we hit uh, the 2022 season, whenever that starts, there's a very good chance that your core guys, who you expected to be, are going to be gone. Let me also, because I am all about dumping now and gifting contracts out, I, I want to run one past you, depew that I, I ran past Phil and Dex before, and it would not be a major trade. It would be gifting a player to a team, but it would be dumping salary potentially, and it lands a player... Who we always talk about of, Oh my God, if you trade him, he's the next Ortiz. It lands that it lands this player in Fenway Park. I, I was watching the Red Sox Yankees game on FSN one Saturday and they said the Red Sox combined first baseman OPS, I think is second to last in all of the big leagues. It's bad. They're getting, they're basically getting nothing from their first base position. And of course, the Red Sox are one of the great stories as far as, as being a contender now in 2021. As a guy who's in Boston, if I'm Falvey and I throw caution to the wind and I tempt fate and I gift Sano to the Red Sox with the contract, can I get them to take it now?
0: I, I really don't think so. No. I, I mean, Go what, ahead, I mean his OPS is like 700. I know, but he could pop know? balls out of there. Again, I'm thinking about guys that
1: could accidentally pop balls out.
0: Yeah, but, but why would the Red Sox take on – what is, what's is the old fifteen million between this year and next year uh, for for the type of production that they're that they're already basically? Getting. I'm hoping I to mean, find
1: a sucker who's desperate.
0: Yeah, I don't think I don't think Bloom and Boston is is going to be that desperate. I mean, yeah. I, certainly if I were the Twins, He's I would float it. him, absolutely. But I just don't. I don't see Miguel Ceno at this point having any trade value. I don't know. Maybe it, did Phil and Dex disagree with me? I I don't know. But I, I'll get your take in a sec, Dex. I just think I think Ceno is untradeable unless you take on unless you eat a bunch of his contract. I mean, teams know who Sano is. I just you know, want to I mean, see it, the
1: reaction. If Sano got traded to the Red Sox and I would love to dump that contract
0: off. Sure. Sure. Dex, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I I don't think so. I, yeah. I, I would be shocked. You'd have to retain maybe some salary too. I don't think the twins want to do that either. I don't, I don't know, know, know what you do with them. I, I genuinely don't know what you do with them, but a team like Boston or LA or one of the New York's, the team that can absorb those monies, Uh, absorb that contract, I can see why Judd has it making sense, but I don't think the Twins do it.
1: The Red Sox are sneaky cheap, so it probably wouldn't. Now, now if this was the Yankees contending, I think I could get them to bite. Uh, The Red Sox actually don't spend – they're actually pretty smart. They go up and down payroll-wise, and they'll bring it way down at times. So it's a pipe dream. I just thought it would be so much fun, one, to dump the contract, and two – to see him in Boston, because Minnesota fans would absolutely freak out, which I would love, uh, because they'd be like, oh my God, you did it, you yeah. traded the Red Sox. <laughs> yes. What are you doing, Derek Falvey? But um, I don't see, when it comes to, to know how you bring him back. Like, this is a he, a disaster. He's terrible. He He's unplayable. I mean, they're trying now. I appreciate the fact that they're so bad, and Kirloff is hurt, and and Cruz is gone, so like they're just going to give him at-bats. But you guys, he doesn't eat he no longer has that like two or three week stretch where he gets incredibly hot. He'll hit a home run occasionally now, and the next day, 0 for 4 with three three strikeouts. So I I don't think you can go through this again. I really don't. And I don't know how it's going to change. This just seems to me to be you're gonna have to find a way to sever ties.
0: But, but, there is no way to severtize unless you can get a team to take on some salary, like you were saying, there is no way to severtize, you know, unless you just want to DFA him and eat the entire contract. Uh, that's why I think, for better or worse, he's going to be the the starting d h going into next year because I think I think he'll get a ton of at bats in August and September, and if he ends up with an OPS of around seven fifty, uh that'll be enough for them to say, well, we don't want to just eat ten million. We'll give him the first two months of two thousand and twenty two to see if he can perform like he did in 2017 and 2019. I'm not saying that's a good option by any means. He's obviously been a disaster, um, but I just – they have no options with him. They put themselves in this position by signing him to an extension they didn't need to sign him to. I mean, he had several years of arbitration left when they signed him to that extension, uh, and so they put themselves in this position. He could be in arbitration right now.
1: But he signed the contract – he signed the type of contract – that they really were trying to get Brios or Buxton to sign back then, which is really, if it works out at all, team friendly, the twins win it, right? What they didn't know was this guy was going to absolutely go off the cliff, and they are are now trying to give him as many at-bats as possible, and it hurts to watch. It's difficult to watch. He has no idea where the strike zone is now. His confidence is completely shot. He's frustrated. Um I feel like I feel like Cruz was the last guy who in Miguel's mind sort of got him. he's gone now, and I mean Rocco trying to talk this weekend about well Miguel's trying to step up and lead now. what are you talking about? can't step up and lead you can't lead when you're hitting a buck eighty nine or a buck ninety two um I just think it's a lost cause. I don't think there's any there there at least here now, maybe somebody can get him and help him, but it ain't coming here not with this current administration and not with this current team.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I don't have a lot of hopes left for for Sonota to turn it around. I guess the the one thing that you could say is maybe because he'll be next year will be a contract year, uh that that you know like all players they're they're paying, playing for their next contract uh and so maybe he'll perform well because of that, but um I, I yeah, I I would if I was Falvian Levine right now, I would try to move him for anything I could get. I yeah. do the same thing in the offseason. And if you can't get any takers, I think you have to give him at bats in 2022. Because other because otherwise you're just eating the whole contract. You know? I mean, you're just eating 10 million. That's a lot. That's a lot for the for this team to just eat. Um I, I, there aren't a ton of examples of them doing that in the past. So uh again, he could he, they could be done with him. You know, they could be done with him at the end of this year if they just hadn't signed him to that extension. And they knew. I mean, they sent him to single A the, the year before in 2018. So it's not like they didn't know uh, that there were red flags, but they bought into the to the four great four months that he put together in 2019. Uh, and that was a big mistake. And now they're paying for it.
1: All right, Jake, we will talk to you next week. All right. Hopefully lots of trades have gone down by then.
0: Yeah, it'll be an interesting week. Thanks, guys. All right, talk to you.
2: This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for 2 Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply.
0: Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More. Save $1 each sale.